Welcome to Movies Charles Hasn't Seen, episode 44. My name is Crossman. I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles. And this week we watched the 1936 movie Modern Times. So Charles, tell us about Modern Times. Not right. so modern anymore. Yeah. Well, uh, Modern Times stars Charlie Chaplin as his tramp character who starts off in, in a factory, but he grows disillusioned with his work and quits uh, and like wrecks the factory and gets mistaken as a communist rally leader, so he gets thrown in jail. And he manages to get out of jail, but, but prefers life in jail or something, so he tries to get back <laughs> in. But in, his, in the process of trying to get back into jail, he meets with this orphan woman, and they end up running off to try to start a life of their own uh, in some rundown house that they found. But in order to do so, they have to try to find work again. And so they spend some time trying to land a steady job and um, make money to live a normal life. And I guess in the end, it gets discovered that the lady was an orphan. They were like pursuing her the whole movie. Mm -hmm. They run away again. Homeless. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then the movie ends. Yeah, uh, this was your pick, Crossman. What, what made you land on on Modern Times? Yeah, it went from one of the like, most recent movies to one of the oldest. oldest. Yeah, we just not, we not the oldest. Yeah, we determined it was not older than King Kong, which is interesting because this is mostly a silent movie. Yes, uh, there is some audio, but very little. Yeah, very little. I, I think uh, so. I discovered this movie when I was teaching like a film course for mm-hmm. kind of like teenagers and. Um, I bet they loved it. <laughs> and uh, I was looking for, like, historical things to, like, show them about, like, how, like, movies are, <clears throat> stories are constructed mm-hmm. and how, how like, movies are constructed. And I happened upon modern times and found it to be still funny, which I found, like, really shocking. Yeah. Because um, I think in general, like, comedy doesn't always translate across decades and especially across so many decades and yeah it grew to really like the film and now recommend it as much as possible i think it's uh really funny and i think it's an interesting like historical document too i think it deals a lot with the things that are happening in in its particular historical moment and i think a lot of that history is actually kind of like echoing really hard right now yes i agree yeah and it's still like a well-made and interesting movie, and like eminently watchable. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it helps in my opinion. Like Eighty minutes yeah. long, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it is very watchable. Um, this, so this is probably the first silent movie you've ever seen, right, Charles? Yeah, it's got to be. It's yeah, it looked semi-silent yeah. anyway. So how did it land for you? I enjoyed it. <coughs> okay, um, it's good. I wasn't like blown yeah. away or anything like that, but it was. It was an entertaining experience. I, I think, like, that alone is actually, like, kind of the triumph of this film. Yeah. That, like, you can watch it is possible to enjoy this silent movie. <laughs> yeah. And, I don't did you find it funny? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, certainly. and, like, the way the comedy, yeah. like, translates is, like, still shocking to me. I recognize yeah. a yeah. lot of comedic techniques that have been reused, like, since then. So, yeah. it's very familiar. It's a very familiar type of comedy. Yep, totally. Yeah. Uh, particularly, like, in cartoons... Yep. Um, and well, any kind of slapstick, slapstick humor of like, like any kind, all yeah. over. Like it, yeah. it, 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 even sitcom style humor, right? Where like there's some misunderstanding and comedy ensues as a result. Yeah, of, or like the yeah. coincidental situation yeah. sort of comedy. That's always yeah. pretty funny. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lucy from I Love Lucy, yep. like 
took a lot from yeah that's true I mean, from they had the tramp. a literal factory yeah scene, right? which is, that's like the one yeah. scene I know from that show yeah it's a little which, she does it well though yeah. and she's also funny but she does borrow a lot from Chaplin and she borrows a lot from the Marx Brothers too. yeah have you ever seen the Marx Brothers film I don't think so okay they, they were like a comedy group that made a bunch of films together most yeah. famously uh, Duck Duck, Duck Soup, Soup. Yeah. Um, but Groucho Marx is the like the, 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 the cigars and the, the I know the look <laughs> yeah okay like, I, I don't <laughs> think I'm familiar with any of their movies okay um, but yeah they were a, a similar era not the same era yeah later on, but, but uh, theirs is much more of like a they, they do physical comedy but there's much more like a jokey like you know radio-esque kind of humor yeah like, more vaudeville yeah. influence and clearly a product of it's a sound Mm-hmm. Right, like you couldn't do Marx Brothers humor in the the silent era, um, but yeah, Lucille Ball's a phenomenal physical comedian, right? And, and I think because she studied, yeah, because yeah, Chapel. you can see yeah. the DNA here. I think pretty clearly. Yeah, and I think I forget. Um, oh no, she had like more of a relationship with like Groucho Marx later in life. But anyways, that's like <laughs> tough. yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but this is uh, obviously the Charlie Chaplin vehicle, and if you haven't seen any other, I assume you haven't seen any other Chaplin yeah, either. No. Um, this is really a, almost a proto auteur work, right? Like he produced this, he wrote it, he started it, he directed it, he made sure that it happens. It said he wrote some of the music. Okay, <laughs> so he did yeah. that too. <laughs> I, I believe it. Did he do that too. Yeah. So, like, this is... He's a talented guy. He's a talented guy, and this is really a product of his vision, um, which is the case for a lot of his movies, but this one, too. He has yeah. six yeah. films that are preserved by the Library of Congress. That's a lot. Yeah, that's incredible. So, what, it, it, yeah. this one, City Lights, Great Dictator. Um, I don't know what The else. Kid. Oh, yeah, sure. And there's another one. Okay. Across many decades, too. Right. Like, starting in, like, in the teens and then into mm-hmm. 1940. He has six films that are preserved. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he had, it, really, this is a, a product of Chaplin, and I don't want to say alone, because no film is produced alone, but he dominated this movie um, you know, on pretty much every level, uh, and he made the choice to not have his character speak, um, even though that option was available to him. Mm-hmm. Right, um, we do have a little bit of voice. Right, the, so, speaking. yeah, there's a, there's a handful of characters that speak, um, but... Then there are many more that don't, and the ones that do have dialogue to deliver, it's delivered with title cards. Um, so I, I don't know. I have thoughts on why he might have done that, and he had some thoughts as well. But I don't know what do you guys think about that decision because it's striking. Right? It's probably documented because I mean, we saw King Kong, which came out four yeah. four years before this, mm-hmm. and that that's a talkie, like yeah, that has sound throughout. Yeah, um, it was not a, a technological decision. He was not basing that on. He didn't. He wasn't able to have sound because he demonstrates that he can't. Right? Like he has characters talk. Yeah, I think yeah. this is just like his chosen way of communicating. Yeah, he does in the dictator. He there is. Oh yeah. Uh, well, he, he gives. He gets that then. speech at yeah. the end. When did the dictator come out? In 1940. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, clearly a response to Nazi Germany. Yeah. Um, but that's a that's a great movie, and you probably have seen this the speech that he gives in that film. I don't know if I actually sat down and watched that. It's yeah. excellent. It's, yeah, it's yeah they just kind of stop the movie and he gives like an anti-fascism speech. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. At the end, and that's like how the movie closes. And it's it, yeah. it's riveting. Like it yeah. works really, really well still today. No, no question. Um, yeah, I tried to pay attention to um, who was actually talking in the movie. Sure. Um, and all the only people I remember who actually talked were <clears throat> the factory boss. Yep. Yep. And 
like a radio advertisement. Yeah, you're right. Well, and yeah, you're right. I don't I remember anyone else actually talking in the movie. I might have just forgotten, but those are the two examples that I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right, and I think it's important that the boss is the one with the voice, and yeah. everyone else is literally silenced mm -hmm. um, in the film. So I think that's part of what he's getting at here, what Chaplin is getting at, because this is clearly a movie about uh, the labor class and being in some cases literally crushed by the cares of capitalism um <laughs> there's a lot of like harrowing industrial accidents in this film yeah they're all over <laughs> yeah like yeah. people getting sucked into machines in and, like strapped in like that uh, feeding machine that they give them and gets strapped yeah. into that yeah and fed literally fed the material that is the of his industry <laughs> yeah <laughs> accidentally um <laughs> yeah. lots of like Cringy, like people are in danger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and of course, that's what was going on in that yeah. era, right? Like people got hurt at work constantly. It was monstrously unsafe conditions, and people were getting maimed and injured, and mm -hmm. they they end up on the street because not that that's anymore. like stopped at all. No, it has not stopped. Yeah. Um, but it was especially going on then. Yeah, I think all all this kind of like, I mean, so he's <laughs> uh, later, he kind of like. The McCarthy era is like not that much like, later. Yeah, uh, he, he was he was a leftist pretty much his whole life. Yeah, he never came out as a communist, but I think he yeah. couldn't because yeah, um, he was an immigrant to to the U.S. And mm -hmm. then when he left and tried to come back, the government wouldn't let him in, and he was barred from the U.S. Oh, yeah. later in life, which is like very tragic. Yes. Um, so his uh, political activism obviously ruffled some some feathers and, yeah um, well, it, and it influenced how he made movies because yeah. he helped he co-founded um united artists which is still active today obviously yeah. but yeah. the the premise of that studio was that exactly what the name says artists coming together deciding what's being made deciding what kind of art they want to produce yeah and taking looking at it from an artist's perspective as opposed to the studio's you know executive perspective and no one had done that before, right? Like, that mm -hmm. was a novel idea at the time. He and Mary Pickford and somebody else um, did that. And that studio is still around, right? Like, they're, they're still making movies. They're not what they were when... It's not Chaplin and Pickford's original vision, but it, it still exists. Um, and he had an idea for it. Like, he wanted to bring his politics to the way he creates his yeah, work. It's sort of like Spielberg's, like, emblem... Yeah. Entertainment. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think you see people picking yeah. up that uh, model more. Like, it, it, you look at, you know, the 90s, there's a lot, plenty of independently produced films, but he was doing that in the 30s and 40s, mm -hmm. which is bolder, <laughs> to say the least. And he was this very bankable star at that time as well, right? So that's a significant risk. Yeah, he yeah. just had, like, a huge like monster string of hits across, like, three decades. Yeah, he was and, super popular. Still is. Yeah. But and he also, mentioned. like, he invented, like, a lot of, like, film and film technique um, which was like immediately co-opted by other studios yeah as, yeah as good ideas so often are yeah yeah <laughs> what kind of stuff did he invent um, that I think just like a lot of like film language is mm -hmm. very much like invented by Chaplin mm -hmm. um, I am fortunately not a film historian so I can't yeah, well, speak to it deeper but especially uh, on the on the visual level like I know that he and Buster Keaton would have contests, so to speak, um, while they're making their silent movies, yeah. as to who could use fewer title cards. 
Mm. Um, so, and you'll know yeah. it in this movie. Like there aren't that many, really. Right. Yeah, um, there's like three or four. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe more than that, but, but uh, not much more. Uh, and so the the idea between the two of that, because Buster Keaton was another like famous silent comedian, um, was to communicate as much of the story as they could visually. Yeah, right. To to tell you as much as uh, possible through the uh, medium that only film operates along, uh, and that forces you to kind of get creative with how you're making your movie and how you're communicating yeah. your characters. But it reads it reads so well. Oh yeah, like there's his, a reason they wanted to do that. Yeah, he's like his control of his body like communicates so much. Like you know where his attention is and where you're supposed to focus on things because he, he does such a good job of like pointing at things and like the over exaggeration that yep. he uses is like incredibly mm-hmm. effective for like directing attention across the yeah, screen and like depicting yeah. his character <clears throat> very emotive yeah and this is why i would show this film to like film students i'd show it to animation students as well because sure. like his, yeah, his yeah. the way that he's so in control of his body and like how he manipulates his body to like to communicate story is is really unparalleled yeah well it's not just his body but his face as well right like you yeah. say he's expressive like he's yeah. you, you yeah. see it on mm-hmm. even when they have like longer shots mm-hmm. like full body shots you can still see how his face is moving and responding because he, he just seems to yeah. control every aspect of his face independent of every other aspect and can yeah. control it in such a way that it communicates exactly what he's meaning to they use like a uh, repetition a lot too sure. like they'll run through the same joke like a couple times in a yeah. row and it's like ah this is like where the <laughs> I, I did yeah. feel like the they uh, it was built, a bit much at built times. a few of the yeah. segments a bit too yeah. much. Like yeah. they could have cut like twenty minutes out of this, and it would have flowed better. <laughs> yeah, but then it's an hour long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like this at the beginning when he's on TV show episode. Yeah, yeah. But you also like the like audience that's coming to this is like coming from like a silent film era, right? Yeah. In like a vaudeville era, right? And mm-hmm. so like. The story is kind of like goofy because it's all over the place. Um, yeah, like the, the things kind of happen at random, and like th- there is a like structure around it, but it, it's also like kind of an anarchy to it where things just like fall apart and then happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it almost plays like a series of vignettes, right? Yeah, like, there's like little scenes, little moments, and it's like this is where he's in the factory, and this is where he's in jail, and this is where he's in the shopping. It actually reminded me a lot of uh, Wayne's World because of that, because okay. like Wayne's World, like has like a story to it but, but it's really just point. like a series of sketches yeah like, that's yeah, yeah that's yeah. Yeah. the story yeah like the interconnecting story felt kind of disjoint it um, is yeah yeah the, i don't think the character like has much of a journey really yeah I, yes and no like he he finds someone to be with right like he's i yeah. think he, he starts off because the first thing that he does is have a, has a nervous breakdown and, and ends up in jail, right? And yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah like, it is really important. His his job is like affected his biology, right? Like, right. And his job becomes way. like an illness, right? Yeah. And he has to get away from that yeah. to um, to get well again. And yeah. so he, he, I think he starts in a very isolated yeah. and lonely place. I, the way also it's important to say like the way that this is communicated is that he's like he's on a factory line adjusting these like bolts on but like, like you're doing something like completely no purpose. inane yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, where he's just like tightening bolts yeah and um, and then when he leaves the factory line he's still he, making yeah. the yeah. motion yeah. so it's like the the job yeah. doesn't leave you right like you yeah. can't just leave it there you, it, you, it necessarily mm-hmm. follows you uh, wherever you are going when you're on your break when you're trying to leave right yeah 
And so he's yeah he's incessantly like twisting things that look like bolts bolts all over the place, and yeah. that why he ends up in jail or chased by the police anyway because of that. Yeah. Um, so I think you rightly so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, he's attacking like this woman, or he's like chasing after her. On the <laughs> right. Street. Yeah. You, you should be tracked down for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he starts in the, there, right? Like that's where he starts the movie. Yeah. And he ends up, you know, through like kind of eschewing traditional work in a lot of ways. Uh, and like he starts singing right and dancing and like finding this art form and he finds a companion and therefore he he gathers all this stuff together and he's able to like be happier right and and i think that that that, that's a a coherent arc to me right like that 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 makes sense sense. yeah i didn't really think about it that way yeah i think his the message i took away is that like this relationship is like more important than a job the job yeah yeah Right, like even the job that saves him in a sense, right? Like where he's singing and dancing and like actually kind of good at it and like people are responding well. Like he having that relationship is more important than that. And they know that they can just walk down the road and they'll find another one and they'll be okay because mm-hmm. now they have something beyond industry, right? Yeah, and like once he's found something that he's like skilled at, he's able yeah. to, like he now, he now owns it, right? Right. Because it's something that he's like skilled. Right, yeah. yeah. Then he, he can't remove that. It's not, you know, just unskilled yeah <laughs> so uh, I, I think like because of all these things it's easy to see why he got labeled as a communist yeah that's yeah. I mean, this is a cl- clearly a pro-labor leftist movie right like i think that the messaging here is yeah I mean, that subtle. the character comically gets like swept up into like a a labor right uh, march right that, that happens outside the factory um where he's he picks up a flag that's fallen off a truck, and he's, like, trying to return it to the truck, but he's, like, <laughs> yeah, waving the flag in right. front of the march, which yeah. is... That was really funny. Right. Yeah. Well, um, and yeah. It, it, yeah. from a, a it, filmmaking perspective, like, it was a neat shot, right? Like, that he... It, yeah, it's, a, it's a, like, a tracking yeah, shot. Yeah, tracking the, shot, moving yeah. backwards. He had, he had to coordinate all of those extras behind him, Yeah, right? Like, he had to... They all had to appear after he started waving mm-hmm, the flag. Right, and he had to coordinate, the, like... I think it was all one shot with the flag falling off the truck, him picking it up, walking down the street, the extras mm-hmm. show up behind him, the cops show up to arrest yeah. him. Like, that's all one sequence. And I'm like, that There's not a lot of edits in the no. movie. Like, compared to, like, a modern so film where... you cheat the one-shots back then. Yeah, yeah. none of that. And editing was a much more laborious process. Yeah, the there's no, like, service. Liam Neeson fence jump with, right. like, <laughs> 13 <laughs> edits it's in this film. Yeah, yeah. You can't just click on the computer and edit something. <laughs> yeah. like, you actually have to physically cut the film yeah. and put Tape it, it together. together. Yeah. yeah, that's way harder. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of reasons why someone would make a shot like that but it, it's really effective in the moment like it's memorable that look um, yeah certainly but yeah it, that it, within the narrative that moment uh, clearly frames the cops as the bad guys right and it, that comes up again and again that the police officers are not heroes here um, mm-hmm. they're the ones that are making life more difficult for them yeah and in, in general it's like um, like the film addresses like sort of the criminalization of like poverty yeah uh, like it's one of the like major themes of the film where mm-hmm. the girl like keeps getting arrested and it's just because she's poor right um yeah well and, and it feels like you know, on a broader sense the film is critiquing our institutions too so yeah the police the corrections facility industry right like the job you have the um 1930s equivalent of the dcfs mm-hmm. right that like they're tracking this woman down for a reason right um so i think that that is did they even going really on. explain that they just showed like a case file of her she steals something earlier in the movie okay and 
I, I think vagrancy is just like a crime at this point. So mm-hmm. it's like it's fine to just like arrest homeless people. I yeah. See. Which I mean that can take like Giuliani <laughs> that is, is still, the same thing. That's that still is, a thing. Yeah, so what's going on now? Um <laughs> she's known as a gammon. Yes. Which is what they identify her in one of the title cards. Uh, yeah. she has no name. Uh, similar to the Chaplin character. Uh, the actor is Paulette Gondard. Yes. So, and she's actually very good against she's Chaplin. Excellent. Um, and, yeah. and Chaplin's like a towering talent. This was her first uh, credited role. That's incredible, actually. Yeah. She was in other things yeah. before this, didn't get any credit. This was her first credited role. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I found striking about her, and especially in the first moment you see her, is how modern she looks. I was going right. to comment about that. That yeah. stood out to me like very loudly it's kind of weird how she can have that look yeah yeah i don't don't know what makes that so i mean i am not i I don't know how well i can articulate it either but there are faces that look like they are from certain eras right that that's just a thing chaplin has one right or in this or as he is shot in this movie he has one i think it's this this film has been incredibly well preserved yeah. And as such, like, we don't get the, like, deterioration of the image that marks things as old. Mm-hmm. So, like, the copy that I watched, like, looked very clean. Like, it was cleaner than the version of, um, what was it that we saw at Film Forum? Oh, Net- um, Network. Network. Yeah. Where, like, <laughs> that, was that film was just, like, falling apart. And <laughs> yeah. the version that I saw is, like, either been restored or just, like, a, a very clean copy that was digitized. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think the, the markings that we expect to see are not there and the camera quality is like very high so like the image quality like well see really, the thing is like yeah. these days if you see an actor from today dressed up like someone from the 20s they yeah. look like someone from today dressed up as someone in the 20s rather than yeah. someone from the 20s um, whereas Godard in this one looked almost like an actor from today dressed as someone in the 30s yeah, yeah she's also dressed very like sim- simply I think that's part yeah. of it or, um, where she's just wearing like well, it looks like an old navy dress yeah, or something. Normal yeah, normal hairstyle. I think that yeah, I think yeah. the hair is part of it as well. That it's just yeah. a haircut that yeah. looks very standard, right? Yeah, yeah. There's We're, nothing marking that era or that style. Yeah, but I still feel like there's a certain like structure. facial structure yeah. that you associate with different eras, and I guess she just happens to have one that looks more modern. Yeah, she definitely did. I noticed it immediately. Yeah, and yeah, yeah it, me too. It and I thought her performance was great, but. Like that didn't detract from it or detract from my experience with the film, I don't think. But um, it was noticeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know silent era films well enough to know anything else she's been in. Yeah, uh, I, I couldn't. I mean, but I, I checked on IMDb, and apparently she was working up until the seventies. So she was. I think <laughs> she was at it. She was married to Chaplin for a little bit. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I, I looked up her Wikipedia page. Okay, that, I mean that would make sense. That happened all the time. I mean, it still happens, but it yeah. happened then too. Yeah, she was, yeah, credit into 1972. Yeah, that's, that's, she's a worker. She is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hard to do across. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she does, pa- no kidding. She, she yeah. does uh, pair with Chaplin really well, though, here. Yeah, very she, well. She keeps up, she's funny in her own right. She communicates the character well. Uh, she's expressive. Like She's she's yeah. also, like, very physically capable of keeping up mm-hmm. with Chaplin. I yeah. mean, Chaplin's, like, on a totally another level of, yeah. of uh, most people you'll ever see on screen. But yeah. The, the what really spoke to me was the roller skating yeah, scene. I was just about to mention that he, actually. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> just like, intense. He's <laughs> on one skate blindfolded, and yeah. I'm sure they had some trick shot, but he's like very much in danger. I was in wondering that, where he's like about to go over a ledge. Looks very convincing. 
I, yeah. I bet it's a trick shot of, of some be. sort. Right, so it's not actually a ledge, but no. or something. I don't There's know. No it could just be a matte painting. Yeah, yeah. but um, either way, he's still like staying upright and scooting around on one foot and blindfolded, blindfolded backwards, yeah. right? And like, even if it's a fake blindfold, like... Yeah, it's still like incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he sells it really well too, because he's like kind of wobbling right until he gets to the edge. Yeah, yeah and then he's just. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. he, he looks otherwise like very comfortable on roller skates yep. and like yeah. on film, which is incredible. Yeah, um, that that was the most impressive physical yeah. moment in the movie but for me. She she's also like clearly has like dance training of mm -hmm. some kind because like she is able to like do some pretty impressive physical things as well on camera. Yeah. Um, late, later in the film, she's like a dancer for the restaurant. And, yeah. And yeah. Earned that job. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the, earlier in the film, she like escapes from the cops in this whole like physical scene where she runs away barefoot. Like, barefoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Seriously. Yeah. And then the, and that same restaurant sequence um, when Chaplin is the waiter, like that was, that was another impressive moment from him. Right. Where yeah. he's uh, holding the, food above his head and like working his way through the crowd. I, I think it's the funniest for me that yeah. was the funniest moment okay. in the film where, where he yeah. is like trying to deliver to the food but he's caught <laughs> in this like group dance Yeah, and he like that that's a moment where I thought the repetition was really funny because yes. he like goes around the circle around the edge of the stands uh -huh. and then tries to deliver the food and then gets stuck again and then goes around again <laughs> yeah. and then like it happens like a third Time well, to like, it's I still thought it went thing. on a little too long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, he finally gets there with the tray to the table, and like the fucking chicken or duck or whatever the guy ordered yeah. has like yeah, fallen off, and he just like, got stuck on the chandelier. Yeah, got stuck on the chandelier. That was yeah. it. So he has to like go and like hand him this chicken. No, yeah. there's a football or a rugby team. Oh, that yeah. steals oh, it. Yeah, and then he like, about that. Yeah. plays <laughs> rugby against <laughs> them. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he's still, who, who would want to eat that stuff? Yeah. All, all for the joke of like he can't deliver the duck to right. the table. Right. Yeah. I and, was impressed by how like, full and lively the scene was because it's that's just true. Like, crammed full of people dancing. Yeah, there's like 60 people in this shot, yeah. at least. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's a testament to Chaplin's skill as a director, right? Mm -hmm. That he's able to coordinate. All of that. Same thing in the, yeah. the like, rioting scene earlier, right? That he's yeah. able to put all that together and have it, you know, still be able to communicate what he needs to communicate narratively. There's got to be like three or four hundred actors in this film. Yeah, I wonder how like, uh, how expensive this was for the era. Like, how I kind of didn't expect yeah. that because yeah. when I yeah. think of silent film, I associate it with like maybe one or two people on yeah. screen, at which a is time. often the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so but, there's like an entire people. factory yeah. staff. The yeah, well, the, the march scene, mm -hmm. the jail. There's like a, a extended jail scene with a lot of inmates, um, and then this the dance scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the sets too, right? Like, yeah, yeah. like that very complicated contraption to in the factory. Yeah, and the force feeding thing, and like all the the shack that they end up moving into that is falling apart at appropriate intervals like yeah this is all hard to construct right like that's hard right. you gotta do it for real yeah and like have it you know trigger at the right time and like yeah. do the thing you're supposed to do and not actually kill the guy right like it needs yeah to, it needs to work yeah there are points in this film where he's like in danger yeah 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 no yeah. no question like, like when the, the ambulance like turns over <laughs> or the police Car, yeah, like oh, turns yeah. over that yeah. like that looked real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they yeah. like fell off a truck. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. yeah, there was a lot of was stuntman a possession a position position. position. Back yeah, then? even into like the teens, there were there were stuntmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how I don't know if Chaplin did his own stunts or not, but I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> like, that seems like there, there's actually a film called The Stuntman about. I think it's called The Stuntman. I know it, it rings a bell. What are you talking about? Yeah, there's one where, where this 
stunt man that's like been gravely injured and he's like a silent film actor that, yeah, uh, that sounds really familiar I don't remember what it's called either um, but I, it may not be called the stunt man I, I don't know but yeah. I know what you're talking about um, <laughs> the, well, think, anyways, yeah. that exists. Yeah. Uh, the scene that I think was, I don't know, funniest, but the one that I remembered or was surprised by was when he accidentially did all that cocaine. <laughs> in jail? I, I did not in expect jail, that. yeah. They call it nose powder, which I found amusing. Yeah. Um, nose powder. <laughs> nose powder. Uh, and he just all of a sudden is very enthusiastic about eating his fucking prison gruel or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, that criminals. Was, right. He's much braver all of a sudden. Like that that sequence was really funny for me. I like that one. Cocaine's like a medicine in the teens, right? I don't know when it eventually gets outlawed. I, I don't know the history of drug law that well. But um But it, it was like a medicine. It, yeah, like, it was, yeah. It, you things were advertised as having cocaine or heroin in them. Yeah. It's like it's morphine, right? Like it makes you not hurt anymore. And uh, Coca-Cola? Yeah, no, like Coca-Cola. No, it's not an opioid, right? It's well, I mean, but that's the effect, that's why people would take it, right? It's, uh, that's why it was advertised, uh, like um, laudanum that, that people would use to treat headaches and stuff. That's just that's opium. Um, so, yeah, it was perfectly legal for a while. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. but it must not have been legal at this time because the guy was smuggling it. Yeah, yeah he was trying yeah. to conceal it from the police officers. Uh, but I think yeah. what I like, I think why that sequence works for me, or why I like it so much, is that it does focus. It, it's shot in a medium frame, like everything else is like these full body shots, which is great. And he does that really well. But I think it showcases what he can do with just his face, mm-hmm. right? And I think that you see a lot of that in that shot where he's reacting to the drug and reacting to the guy that's be- before that was like pushing him around and like showing him who's boss and all that. And I think you can yeah. see this full this like mini arc for the character and i just on his face sitting down at a table essentially yeah. and it, it works really well I, I like that one a lot yeah just a, a, a showcase of a different talent right that mm-hmm. we hadn't seen um before that yeah. his character in general has like a very funny like lack of agency like oh yeah stuff happens his, to him his character yeah. just like bumbles around and he like <laughs> yeah he stops like a jailbreak like completely by accident right and Right. Oh, uh, and that, that's the other yeah. joke that I found really funny right. that I was reminded of. There's a bunch of fart jokes in here, right? Like when they're, yeah, it, forgot. He, when he's sitting with like that prim proper lady drinking her tea and like someone's stomach is gurgling, like that's essentially just like uh, the Blazing Saddles joke, right? Like, yeah. And, <laughs> I, I wasn't. I forgot about that. Yeah. Moment. And it's like, here's a, why not? Like have a fart joke here <laughs> in the middle of this movie. <laughs> and, and I like that it's like him kind of sticking it to. You know, here's this rich lady. It's like, let's make her look silly. Like, uh, I like that he's doing that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that was funny, too. But you're absolutely right that this movie, th- this is uh, actions happening to Chaplin, right? He's not making that many choices. Yeah, you can see where, like, characters like Mr. Bean come from. Sure. Like, Mr. Bean is just, like, Chaplin. Day. Yeah, he, he's, he's more of a jerk, like, outwardly a, a jerk. But in general, <laughs> like, his bumbling is... is very Chaplin-esque, but yeah. just, just like ending up in situations. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and there's this and like doing them the wrong way. I guess Larry David does this too, right? Where like Larry David just like ends up in situations and yeah. like does the wrong thing, yeah. and that's yeah. like where the comedy comes from, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> but here, like as opposed to the Larry David, the, the Curb and Seinfeld thing, like yeah. there's this like purity and innocence to uh, to Chaplin in this movie. Kind right. He's kind of a, a jerk at times, though. Like he like steals and like. He like attacks his coworkers. Like, yeah, oh yeah, well, I mean, but he's like because he's having this breakdown from the job crushing his soul, right? 
Yeah. Like, the, like I think the way... And that he, he steals from bad people, but right. he's still, like, stealing. Right. Well, I think that the way the character is presented is that it's... He's not a, a malevolent guy, right? Like, no, he's, no. Right? No, no. Like, he's... Yeah. He, as opposed to a Larry David, where Larry David actually is just kind of a selfish jerk all the time, and so is mm-hmm. you know Jerry Seinfeld and all of them, right? Th- this guy is just like, yeah. at worst, he's haphazard. Right? I, I think that might be why the Paula Goddard character works so well because like yeah. you identify more with her, like, right? Because she's like, not she's not stupid, right? Like, she's not stupid, <laughs> yeah. and she's not she's not malevolent and right. is like just trying to get by. Yeah, yeah, she's and more and, tragic. Yeah, yeah, she is because sure. you see her. Reckon family is dead, and yeah. her her siblings get taken away from her, and everything. Um, so yeah, she certainly that, that is. That was that was very heavy stuff, just like right in the middle of all this slapstick yeah. comedy. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Well, it's Spider-Man very much Man of its time, right? Yeah, because the film comes out in thirty six. So it was probably made in thirty five or thirty four. Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, you know that's the end of the Dust Bowl. So the, you yeah. know the U.S. is like not doing hot, <laughs> yeah. like. Like yeah. it's the depression is still like hammering, and all the signs of it are everywhere in this yeah. film, right? Where like they have to steal food, the jobs you have to fight for, um, yeah, like well, like the vagrancy this, is a crime, right? Mm-hmm. Poverty is a crime. Yeah, like the sequence when he yeah. finds out that there's work available and he has to like there's crowds of guys at the Spence yeah. like waiting to get chosen to be the handful that are gonna get to work that day. Like that's how it worked. Like that it, that's what happened. Yeah, and. You know, he he got in, but yeah, I think you see Chaplin's awareness of this, and I think it's easy for you know rich Hollywood elites to yeah. <laughs> not pay attention to that. And uh, so good for him for like taking the time to depict that in film. It was interesting to see the way work is depicted because it was at once like you know this horrific industrial job, but also nicer than a lot of jobs in that they stop work like the factory shuts down for lunch and there's like an actual mm-hmm. like lunch hour yeah and it's like it's bizarre <laughs> to like to eat. think of that as like a right that like you can stop and, and you know take lunch yeah but you know today that's such a, a luxury that's so rare in, in work. or it's very yeah. short right like you you yeah. get 20 minutes or you, you like work while you're eating or something yeah. like at your desk yeah and, and it's it's such a, a luxury to, to have that and so it's bizarre to see this like you know the lowest level job like has this like stop moment well and, yeah. and the first thing that happens yeah. in the movie is they go after that right like the bosses are trying to yes end their yeah. lunch hour like the very first act, act, like initiating action is him getting strapped into this machine that's going yeah. to get him to keep working while he's eating which is of course where we ended up anyway yeah um i don't, I don't know how you're gonna get anything done with that horror machine is strapped to your head. Right, which is the yeah. point that they're making. Like, how could you possibly <laughs> it was like work a, if you can't eat? a saw-level contraption. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and I think that that's what Chaplin is getting at here, right? Is that, a, like, you? it's good for you, it's good for the bosses to have people being able to, like, sit down and not think about work for a little while and then come back to it with a clear head and a full stomach. Um, and nonetheless, here we are. <laughs> uh this movie reminded me of a movie I saw very recently, just uh, last month, um, The Florida Project. I don't know if either of you have seen it yet. They didn't get a chance I've heard, it. It. It, heard it's very good. It was yeah. excellent. Um, yeah. But it reminded me of The Florida Project because in, in that film, it's about a single mother and her kid living in a hotel that's really like this month or really week-to-week apartment complex in Florida. Um, so it's, a, it's about poverty and it's about people living in poverty and like how they're getting by, but it, it's not depicting poverty as this constant, uh, sorrowful 
state, mm -hmm. right? It, it's showing people that are, it's, it's showing that poverty is bad and you don't want it and that it makes life worse and more difficult and more complicated. But the people living in poverty are not so one note. They're not only experiencing sorrow all the time. They're not only experiencing suffering all the time. They have the capacity to experience mm -hmm. happiness and joy and transcendence and awe, just like everybody else does. And I think that you, this movie does a similar thing, right? Where he, we see that the you know weight of working at a factory every day can lead to a nervous breakdown. We see that it can land you in jail for no reason, that you need to steal food sometimes. But you have these you know transcendent moments where you can skate around in the shopping mall in the middle of the night where you can ha find joy connecting with another human being where you can you know, like have these slapstick moments with where you're breaking out of jail and stuff like that you can you can <laughs> still find like that that the poor have a full range of emotions and experiences just like everybody else does and i think that there are so many movies that want to talk about poverty and they only want to talk about it in the context of poor people being at a low point constantly and only at that low point, and only ever suffering, and, and, and in a bad place, right? So you look at like the Charles Dickens of the world and things like that. And I credit this film for not being that and not falling into that trap, and like acknowledging that just because you're not making that much money, or and just because your life is often very difficult and terrible, doesn't mean you can't also experience the world in a full human way. Um, and to to Chaplin's credit in that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I think more more movies need to learn from that, <laughs> even now. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Glad we're on the same page there. Um, well, I think, I think for films that talk about this kind of subject matter, they want to capture, obviously, the struggles. Yeah, because I mean, that's, that's where the that, drama that's, is. That's yeah. how they are set apart from the general populace, right? And that's why we end up focusing on them. Right, which is why it's so complex, right? Because yeah. if you make a film about poverty and just make it look like a golly gee good time, that's dishonest, right? Yeah. Like, And that, that's doing a disservice. But it's not also only sorrowful and yeah. terrible all yeah. the time, right? Like, it, your life is worse because of it, but that doesn't mean you're not a human person capable of... Yeah, of, of a full range of experiences and emotions, and like that, it's a difficult balance, right? Like, mm -hmm. and like striking that in a responsible way is hard, without a doubt. And I'm sure that many filmmakers have attempted it and failed, not because they don't care about the poor, but because it's just a hard thing to do. Yeah, when you're making a movie, Chaplin does it right, right? And the Florida Project did it right as well. Um, so. Yeah, that it feels important to me, and it feels important that we're acknowledging that the poor are complex people with a full linear life. Right, is what we have here. Uh, did this make you want to watch uh, any more silent movies? Uh, I'm still not sure if this is the kind of movie that I would want to <laughs> just go out and see for fun. Yeah, it's kind of an artifact, but well, not yeah. kind of. It's an artifact, but um, I think it's still. Worth just deciding to do that now and then. I don't know if it, that rings true for you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if I feel the motivation to really okay. go and see more <laughs> of it. I can appreciate um, like what is done here, mm -hmm. and like I said before, it was entertaining. Um, but I still don't think that I want to seek out more. No, I think okay. like my hope with films like this is that like it shows that like when the films are well well made, they like, like yeah, they, they hold, hold up. up. Yeah, yeah, really well. And this this one does. Yeah, um, and I think you see the same thing. Like that that famous speech at the end of the Great Dictator. It's still passed around on the internet now. 
right? And that's like a seven or eight minute video, right? <laughs> People still just sit down and watch the whole thing now from this movie made in 1940. And it still strikes just as hard and it feels just as powerful as it did then. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it got him kicked out of the country. Yeah. Like <laughs> this yeah. and like that. And he was, well, he was also a defender of communists at the time yeah. in, in the States. Yeah. But, uh, the, yeah. There's a great... Uh, series of podcasts that I listen to, the uh, You Must Remember This, that talks about Chaplin quite a bit, where I'm pulling a lot of the bits that I know about him. Um, and one of the ideas, because they have a, a series on uh, on the blacklist, and one of the ideas that Chaplin was accused of, or the concepts, was, um, uh, what did they call it, prematurely opposed to fascism, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was an actual thing that they would accuse people of um, during the, the Red Scare era, where if you... Uh, like they so Nazis have invaded Poland at this point right like people are acknowledging that Hitler's a bad guy so saying Hitler and the Nazis are bad is fine but if you said it before people knew that that was suspicious because back then the only people that were really going after Hitler were the commies so like if you figured that out ahead of time that's evidence of your communist ties which is insane idea. <laughs> that is. And that makes sense in a kind of fucked up way. Yeah, right. Like you see the internal logic of it, right? Like yeah. you I understand how they got there, but yeah. like that that was a common accusation was to say, like, oh wait, you didn't like Hitler back in nineteen thirty, you know, four or whatever, like that's a sign. I mean the ideas in this film are like still very radical. That, like, oh yeah. The I mean, one of the things he's trying to communicate is that like maybe you work like isn't good for you like it's not healthy yeah um and you know it, the control of the body is like really important here yeah I well think. i mean the, and the control of the body leads to or the lack of control of the body leads to lack of control of the mind right like he had, he opens the movie with a nervous breakdown right mm -hmm. like that is really important yeah yeah uh and that the only people with autonomy are the bosses yeah, like, like the only literally the only people with a voice. It it felt like it reminded me a lot of like um, Foucault's philosophical writing, okay. where like he like clearly like cribs a lot from this movie because he comes after right this movie like ten years or so. He's born in the twenties, so he's not like producing work until after this film comes out. And like his theories on like the Panopticon mm -hmm. are here, where like the boss is able to watch everybody in the factory and has like a vigilant all-seeing eye that you're, you're never sure if you're being watched or not. Oh, yeah, they, and, they had the, the video chat thing yep. in the movie. Yeah. Like, that's, that definitely didn't exist back then. No, it's a very, like, futurist, like, like take Even on in 2001 A Space Odyssey, we were talking about how that was super high-tech, right? Yeah, yeah, there's no yeah. way that that's actually yeah, going I, on. So I that, forgot yeah. about that until you mentioned that, but that's, like, super high-tech. I yeah. I'd wonder if this is the first, like, video communication on, on film. It, it, it'd be interesting. I, I know, like Dick Tracy stuff, like kind of predates this, where like you can do Metropolis or anything like that. Possibly, yeah. But it's That's, definitely like a very like futurist take on like communication, right? Well, and, and again, that that guy has access to it, and he's the only one. Yeah. Like he can do it, and nobody else. Yeah, it's a one generally a it's, one it's way. It's a one way thing, and, which is again back yeah. to the because the other idea with the Panopticon is not only do you not know when you're being watched, you can never look back. Right, like you are only being viewed. You yeah, it's never, a one-way view. You are never a viewer. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the other like theory that Foucault talks a lot about is like the like control of the body and, and punishment. And so, like we see him in jail here. Yeah. We see how work affects his body. 
how he gets sucked into the machine and the his body becomes a part of of mm-hmm. the machine uh, in industry. And right, but th- these are all like very like these are like basic. Foucaultian or <laughs> Foucaultian <laughs> philosophies. Yeah, yeah, well, but he, I mean, yeah. Foucault's next step after that was yeah. that punishment moved away from the body and towards punishment of the mind, which is again what you see in this movie, right? Because yeah. he, he, with that essay, he opens with like very explicit descriptions of like torture killings by the government, right? Because mm-hmm. like, that's how people were punished back in the 1600s or whatever. And the point he's making, or one of the many points that he's making, is that we don't do that anymore. Rather than doing that, is that we, we torture the mind by confining you, by putting you away for a very long time. Yeah, and that your biology reacts automatically yes. to the to the presence of like force and control. So like, right when you're when you're driving, one way that's explained to me in the past um, was that like when you're driving and you see a cop car and you just like naturally like slow down, s- slow down. Mm-hmm. and that's that's like a very like. Foucault philosophy like yeah. reaction to to authority. Yeah, and, and yeah. again in line with the film here because the cops are throughout appear depicted as as villains, right? As yeah, they're forces. very much like oppressors yeah. throughout this film. Yeah, and which is again a radical idea, right? Like yeah. 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 Although I feel like people were more on board with that back in the day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. Did you they, could, yeah. Did they kind of become the good guys in the jailbreak scene when Chaplin helps them out? <laughs> yeah, there was a moment where they, they gave him the recommendation letter. Yeah, which never really worked out, right? Like, and he only he gets the recommendation letter, and they become the good good guys when he starts becoming. I don't want to use the word complicit necessarily, but he like inadvertently helps them out, right? So yeah, they're not bumbling like helps them, <laughs> right? They're not doing it like out of the goodness of their heart. They're doing it because he is helping them oppress now. Mm. Like he is, he is go along with them now. Mm. Um, so it, this isn't cops being the good guys. This is cops like rewarding and encouraging further compliance. And, okay. and he only gets arrested when he like accidentally joins the. The labor march, right, right. Yeah, he, so, he actually has like no stake in right in the march, <laughs> but becomes like an accidental like rabble rouser, right. Which is again a, clearly a response to the Red Scare, right. Like that's all it takes for you to get wrapped up and blacklisted is that you accidentally went to a meeting one time, or you knew a guy that knew a guy, or whatever. Yeah, and that's beat for beat right there. Yeah, he was one of the like few people like that was very vocal in Hollywood that protested like people getting arrested and rounded up and yeah. there's such a fear of communism yeah. well, and, he, and that that's yeah. probably another reason why he founded united artists and then had such a role in, in every level of producing his films right because if you're because he's rich enough because he's so freaking famous and profitable that he can fund all that stuff then he gets to you know say what he wants to say and make his movies about what he wants to make his movies about um so it's it, it. He was brave. Like that's a brave thing to do. But that's not necessarily a knock on other artists from that era because he had much more resources than that, than mm-hmm. nearly anybody else. Yeah. But still, to his credit, of course. Yeah. So, uh, any uh, closing thoughts on, on modern times? Um, I wanted to mention the scene that I found the funniest. Oh, please, that I, yes. That I course. remember, at least. Uh, I think it was a scene after he gets the recommendation letter and he goes out looking for work. <laughs> yeah. And he finds a job at the dockyards. Yeah. And they're like, all right, this letter checks out. We'll give you a job. So the letter actually did kind of work. Um, for a while. <laughs> but they give him, like, one simple task to do, and he tries to do it and ends up launching the unfinished boat <laughs> yeah, in the, out into, into the ocean. The ocean um, and then just, like... 
walks away. That's the best part, is that he just picks up his jacket. He's like, well. Puts it on. It's like, oh, I'm done here. I'm out of here. Just walks off. That's, that's my, yeah, you're right. That was really funny. Um, that he just, he, he, there's not even a moment where they, like, yell at him or anything. He's just, he just, like, understands. Everybody knows. Uh, he's no longer working here anymore. <laughs> just goes very, on very, very cartoon-like scene. Yep. I, I like the yeah. timing of it. That reminds me, of, like, very specifically of a Family Guy joke where, Peter's in the crowd at the theater and he like speaks up in the play and like the whole play like grinds to a halt and everybody's looking at him <laughs> and he just like gets up and tries to leave and he uh he has to go he, back the other way right? no he triggers the fire alarm door <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay that's pretty good and he just goes whoops down the fire door <laughs> <laughs> there it is yeah well, the, the other and it point. all happens off screen you just yeah. hear Peter like try and leave yeah, and then he hits the alarm yeah. <laughs> So, and the other great bit about the, it comes right before that is when they tell him to get the wedge or whatever, and he just starts like picking up random fucking objects lying yeah. around. He's like, "Is this it?" He's like, "No, it looks like this thing right yeah. here." Uh, that was yeah, that was really funny. You're right. I liked that moment. Yeah, he he's so good at like constructing a joke because like you oftentimes yeah. you can like see the joke coming and it doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter. Like the yeah. delivery is still like perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or, Wait, did I, that guy talk? Yeah. Which one? The guy who tells him to get a wedge. How was that? Or was that with cards? I, I thought there was a title card there, but I'm not. Okay, I, I can't don't remember. remember. I don't remember him speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. That. Well, and I think that that's important, though, right? Is that like we can't remember whether or not that guy talks. So what, what difference does it make, really, in terms of like your moment-to-moment experience of the movie, right? Like it yeah. matters on a thematic level because like the boss talking versus the yeah. workers not is important. But in terms of when you're sitting there experiencing the film, like if we can't remember, and like I watched this movie two days ago, like. Maybe sound films aren't that much of a hurdle, right? Yeah. Like maybe it's not that hard to just, like get into it and realize and like get into the flow yeah. of it. Although I mean, it helps that like the movie had sound effects. It wasn't just like cheesy piano music right. the whole time. Right. Yeah. Although, although speaking of the music, there was one bit that they kept playing over and over again that sounded just like the beginning of the Indiana Jones song, and it got me every single time. It's I like da 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 like. Over and over, and it sounded just like Indiana. I must have missed that. Where was that in the film? All over, like I'm not throughout. Sure I remember. <laughs> yeah, no, the there music was. That much? It's like the first like three or four notes <sighs> of the Indiana Jones theme. Like, oh, it's just like a chord for chord for chord parallel. Yeah, or, well, it was note for note because it's like the solo arpeggio that they do. Yeah, and like they play it over and over again, and every <laughs> and every time I'm like, oh, it's they're gonna play it this time. <laughs> of course they don't. <laughs> 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 like that got in my brain. Uh, but yeah, that, that made me laugh. Yeah, but you can see like why so many people like borrow from Chaplin because oh, you just yeah. like yeah. comedic language is like really developed here. Yeah, both for cartoons and for just like comedy. Comedy reminded me a lot of like uh, Chris Farley actually. And the, the like, physicality of it. Yeah, like yeah. that was one thing that like Chris Farley was like really great at was like you could tell what his character was like going through just by like looking at his face and like how he like treated his body and he then he would go like small and let things be quiet for a second and then he'd like explode, explode into like a big you know and he's like really good at like using his body to just like make that like transition right well yeah. and, and to express yeah th there was like a joy in it too right like you can see that yeah. Chaplin is having a really good time doing this you can mm -hmm. see that he really loves doing it and I think that that Chris Farley was was similar in that way that he was really invested in like you having a good time and communicating his good time to the audience. The movie definitely has yeah. a lot of heart in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, it, speaking of like modern physical humorists, um, 
the Kramer, right? Like we were talking about Seinfeld <laughs> earlier. Like I think yeah. you can see parallels there. Totally. Like how he the enters the room, the classic right. like Kramer entry. Is, right. And just is like that. the kind of like yeah. very spastic movement that is still yeah. controlled. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that, that there are parallels there. Yeah. The way that he interacts with the objects is like really <laughs> right. similar. Like they're... Right. There's an episode where he like puts his uh, cigarette in his mouth backwards. And, <laughs> yeah. like that's like that's really funny. The one that I'm thinking of is there was yeah. uh, he, he where he enters Jerry's apartment and he's carrying like a risk game and Jerry has a bunch of stuff yes. on his on his table and he like sticks yep. his foot straight out, clears <laughs> off the table and sets down his game. He's like, "We're doing this now." <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. Um, so just, and moment. like there's no other context to it. He just like barges yeah. in and does that <laughs> and like that's how the episode opens. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah, and of course, like Lucy of all, like if yeah. if you watch Lucy, I love Lucy episodes. A lot of them still hold up pretty well. I watched and, a ton of I Love Lucy when I was a kid, and they're they're super funny. And a lot of it is like the physical comedy that she's oh, yeah, doing. Yeah, that I have, I guess, I haven't seen it in a little while, but I watched yeah. it when I was like eleven or twelve or whatever, and I still ate it up. So I assume it's held up. Pretty yeah, well. I, I've <laughs> seen some episodes recently. I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's still, still good. Okay, yeah. that is not shocking. Which is weird because then, like, you watch like. You know, terrible 90s sitcoms. And you're just like, what is this? Why did anybody, like, ever watch <laughs> yeah, like, this? Or, like, most 80s sitcoms. Yeah, like, like, well, there were probably yeah. bad 50s sitcoms. Yeah, that we just don't oh, watch. Oh, of now. course. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, I, I think Friends is a good one. pretty close to unwatchable at this point. Like, I, I've never, <laughs> I never got into Friends. I never so. got into it, but I've tried more than once because <laughs> yeah. people rave about it so much. And, like, I don't understand it at all. People still like it. Yeah. From yeah. what I can see. I am bothered most by, like, It still comes up in trivia. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. It was a blow. Beloved show. Yeah. Yeah. For no, I don't understand it at all. But yes. I mean, it's the same with like, uh, oh, I, I've spoken a lot of Everybody Loves Raymond <laughs> off, off, offline. Yeah I, don't know, yeah, I don't know if it's come up here yet. I, I don't think it has, but I have a burning hatred for that show. I know. Because um, I, I think what bothers me most about that show is that the people on that show are talented. Peter Boyles was and, on that show. And use it to make something that is derivative <laughs> and, and not good. Okay, that's what bothers you about because Yeah, I, to me, this is like, this is using your powers for evil, right? Okay. <laughs> this is where you're like, you're doing something that you could make funny and are purposely choosing not to do that. Yeah, yeah. okay, because I've, I've wondered why that particular show bothers you so much, because there's so many shows that are just I mean, it's emblematic of like, mid-level. most 90s yeah. show, but I think what really stands out is that the people on that show are talented and still choose to not do something funny. I mean, Peter yeah. Boyle was Young Frankenstein, right? Yeah, the, the Young Frankenstein's monster. And what the guy who plays his brother, Brad, uh, yeah, um, whatever his face is, yeah. like he's a talented comedian. Yep. The person, the woman who plays his mom, like she's very funny. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and everybody, like, yeah. And then they made this. Yeah, and then they made this. It's like why this is like th- it happens all the time with movies too, like yeah. the Magnificent Seven that came mm-hmm. out a year or two ago, where it was like. Chris Pratt. Denzel uh, Washington. Like, yeah, Denzel Washington. Like, every talented actor you could think of. And that movie is garbage. I didn't <laughs> like, see it. Yeah. But it is bad? It's unwatchable. Okay. Yeah. Unwatchable. I was yeah. curious, and then I saw the reviews. And yeah, I mean, that's that's how I feel about Johnny Depp, right? I think we know that. I mean, at this point, there's many more reasons to not like Johnny Depp. But before all that, yeah. like, he, he, we know he can make good movies, and he just doesn't. Yeah, he just he just chooses to be a computer yeah. instead. M- movies are tough, though, because like, and, like, and I can sympathize this. Where you're like, d- while you're making the project, 
I'm, I'm sure that there are like some warning signs, but there are times when I'm sure that there are people that are convinced yeah. that they're doing yeah. something good. Yeah. And then when it comes out, it just like didn't come together for what whatever reason. Magnificent Seven might be more of an example of that. Yeah. But yeah, that definitely like, happens. In TV, though, it's like particularly egregious, right? Because like you do, there's so much repetition to TV. Well, especially yeah. when you get to you know your eighth season, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, or like how many seasons? Cute. Everybody loves Raymond. Were there? Probably like thirty. Yeah. Like it's one of those shows that like felt like so it was many. on forever, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're you are correct uh, in that sense. Although I mean, re- returning to the the physical humor of it, yeah, uh, like all of our modern examples are on television, right? Like the ones we've come up with here. Yeah, I'm trying to think like of Chris like a Farley, great yes no. comedy. But the yeah, the comedies coming up now are much less physical. Yeah, and the Farley movies like don't hold up as well. Yeah, well, like all they, the buddy comedies yeah. you did with David Spade. Like yeah. when I was like ten, those are the funniest things ever. And well, well, they it? don't hold up. Yeah. But if you watch like the Farley sketches, I, I feel like those hold up pretty well. Yeah, they do, and, so, and that's TV again. So. Yeah. I don't know why I that think is. These days, we treat the physical comedy as maybe overly cartoonish, and so you might we don't be right about watch that. it in yeah. a movie. Because I noticed, like all the comedies we watch these days, I mean, not all of them. They're mostly dialogue-based yeah. humor. You yeah. Know, you have the Judd Apatow like improvisation. Right, but it's uh, still all word jokes. Is what? Yeah, it's all word word-based, yeah, 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 language-based yeah. jokes. Yeah, because. Right. You see the physical stuff, and you associate it with cartoons and stuff. Yeah. So you think, oh, that's for kids or something right. like that. Or you associated with something old, right? That it's right? either for kids or it's right. eighty years old. I, yeah, I also think that like you're contending with with Chaplin when it comes to like physical comedy. I it's have, like and I mean, so many people have really watched a Chaplin movie, right? Like modern audiences. Like, yeah, 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 but like if you're going to do physical comedy, like you're, you know, there's a long shadow of films <laughs> yeah. like this. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that, I mean, him and and Keaton, but yeah. And Keaton and Lucival. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you are correct. Uh, I also don't think that like com- comedic actors are, don't have the same background that we're getting true. here. So this is people that are coming out of vaudeville, right? Which is like <laughs> very that's theater based, very physical, comedy yeah. oriented. Lots of dance is is important to that mm-hmm. kind of entertainment. Comedy now is written by like you know the Louis C.K.s of the world, which are stand-up comedians, stand-up comedians so like who's never run a day in his life, and like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's kind of the point, right? Is right, that, yeah, yeah. They're physically inept. That's that's what's funny a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very like cerebral humor, right? Right. And you know the Chris Farleys of the world are, you know, rare talents. Yeah, yeah. I I think that when you look at those people that do have the physical training, they're making action movies now, right? So yeah. you, you look at uh, Charlie's there, and you look at Keanu Reeves. You know, the, mm-hmm. like these people that are in the the John Wick school, the Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not. I, I mean, maybe they're funny. I think we've seen Charlie's there and be funny before, but she's using mm-hmm. her her training, her physical training, to make action movies instead, mm-hmm. um, which d- did not happen in the '30s and the, in the '40s, really. Uh, so I mean. To this era's credit, again, I think that that is not necessarily a bad thing, but yeah. we suffer in the sense that we're not getting the, the same kind of physical humor. The same thing came up in Singing in the Rain, right? Yeah. Where, like, Where these dancers. are people who danced forever, and then yeah. they made this movie. Yeah, except Debbie Reynolds, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. except Debbie Reynolds. But, like, <laughs> you know, these are, like, you went to school for this yeah. for your life, and yeah. then you made a movie like this. Yeah, you treat it like a and, trade. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it's a, a, a fundamental part of your your profession, right? Like, that you have to be able to do this if you want to be a movie star. And, like, that's not how it, how it functions anymore, really. You don't even need to go to acting school anymore to be a movie <laughs> star. Uh, so, 
Yeah, it, I, I don't know if we're better off or worse off because of that, but it's different. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it, things change. You know? Things things change, and that's <laughs> okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, I mean, it's kind of unfortunate that like there's no like modern Chris Farley's, but you know. Yeah, I, I want to say Kevin James, right? I feel like Kevin James has been misused a lot. Like I think that there well, is. Well, he got sucked into the Ad Sandler universe. Yeah, he did. <laughs> He's like in the or- Sandler orbit of Sandler. You know? But there, there's kind of a weird grace to his body that is that you don't notice because he's such a big guy right because but he can move well and like he is aware of his body in a way that you know other actors of his stature aren't zach galvanakis does this yeah, a lot in yeah. his scene up where he has this like very goofy like dance routines yeah and yeah oh, i've not seen them they're very funny yeah so yeah. I, I think that there is some of that it but it's coming from bodies that we wouldn't expect it to. Like, Charlie Chaplin is a very small man, right? Like, he's just not very big, and he's shot to look small in his movies. Um, and a lot of our male comedians now, not all of them, but a lot of them are bigger guys. Like, they're yeah. overweight. And I think that some of them can still move, and, like, we're not necessarily noticing it because mm-hmm. we're assuming that the big guy isn't going to move that well. Um, but, yeah, I think that... Kevin James can do things, and I think that yeah, you're right. But actually, Kevin James is the Paul Bart movie. So yeah, it's he, like he needs to find better project. The same joke over and over again. Where yeah. it was like, wouldn't it be funny if a heavy guy fell off a Segway? Right, and like that's and like, all right, let's make two movies out of that. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of the Melissa McCarthy problem too, right? Is that yeah, it's that joke over and over again when these people are capable. This is like a head drama over and over again. Right, like yeah. they they can be so much funnier than that. I think we started seeing it in Ghostbusters, but still. Uh, so yeah, that is disappointing. And she's great on whenever she's on SNL. She's like very funny. She's hilarious. Yeah, she's one of the funniest people in the world, for sure. And then she got shoehorned into a specific character. Yeah, yeah, and that's just it. Like I, I like Spy a lot, and like she has a range. Like she can do more. Ghostbusters showed it a little bit. Yeah, I like Spy because she wasn't that character. Right, and Jason Statham. Holy yeah. shit, that dude's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway, uh, next up is me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I want to do In Bruges with uh, Colin Farrell. Yeah. Uh, the director has a new movie coming out, which I think will have just come out <clears throat> when this episode airs. Um, so What's that movie? Uh, the Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I think it was Ebbing, Missouri. The one with Francie McDermott and Sam Rockwell and somebody else. Okay, I haven't heard that. Really? Yeah. Oh, it looks. We should yeah. pull up the trailer because it looks really good. But um, we're gonna watch In Bruges, um, and I hope everybody likes it. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy Modern Times, and I hope you enjoy In Bruges next week.